Uh, good afternoon. Welcome to the first episode of the UAE School Leaders uh, with your host, Mohsin. Uh, in today's episode, we have Ms. Catherine, uh, Mr. Nav, and Mr. Sian. Uh, we will be discussing the topic of distance learning, our experiences, the challenges that we have faced and overcome, uh, and any tips and strategies that will help benefit our viewers. So distance learning started seven weeks ago across all schools in the UAE due to the unprecedented times that we are in with the whole situation with COVID-19. So let me start with uh, Catherine. Uh, Catherine, so how has distance learning been going for you in your school? Sure, I think at first it was very overwhelming. It, like you said, it's an unprecedented period. You know, we didn't know what to expect. Um, it was kind of like the blind leading the blind. But over the weeks, we've we kind of got into a rhythm and we're getting really good responses. Um, we're constantly giving out surveys, finding out how our staff are feeling, workload in particular. Obviously, all of a sudden now you're in front of the screen all day. So, you know, well-being is a huge um, focus for us as well. Um, we've given surveys to, to the students, to parents, and we've had this overwhelming kind of uh, positive response, which is really, really great. Um, I think there's a lot that we kind of learned from the beginning. It was we were kind of doing too much, I think, um, too quickly. And, um, you know, students felt overwhelmed by it as well. Staff felt overwhelmed. But as it's gone on, it's much more kind of fallen into place and students know what they're doing. We've kind of eased those teething problems and um, staff feel much more confident using we use Teams, so Microsoft Teams. They feel much more confident using the teams, using the system. We're learning new techniques that we can use and implementing it. So it's becoming quite exciting as well. So I think as a whole, it's been really successful. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Navam Sasiam, would you like to care to share your thoughts? I mean, hello, everyone. And from, from my point of view, actually, I'd, I'd like to start with the fact that I don't believe any school or any educator or, or any organization was ready for these unprecedented times. It is something that was done upon us uh, uh, and the circumstances. And what I would say is I would like to commend every single school to be able to adapt, adjust, um, in some cases, less than a week's notice. Uh, very few organizations would be able to lead um, such as that. I mean, in my particular school, one of my concerns was the fact that, and we also use Microsoft Teams as uh, Catherine School, and I'm sure many others, um, was the fact that will our children be able to adapt and transition to virtual metropole, virtual learning, should I say? Um, and they did. My, I thought my attendance will be around 70, 75, and I was proud to see that even on the first day, it was around 92 to 93%, which came as a surprise to me. Um, and I think what was important for us was to try to maintain the routines for our young people as best as possible under these difficult times in which anxiety was rife even with adults. Um, and children see children do. If their parents are anxious, the children will be anxious. So as the uh, educators, it was uh, up to us as you know, frontline staff after the, the, the health service, if you will, to be able to maintain order, maintain routines and be that friendly face for our children uh, who trust us so much and see us as their their mentors really great thank you so much uh, mr sian 
Well, to be honest, both of them summed it up quite well. Um, just to top, you know, to add to both what they said they were saying, the transition for us is really smooth because of uh, the situation. Uh, thank you so much, there, Mr. Sian. Um, so, next question. Um, so, what has been the biggest challenges uh, you have faced, and how did you overcome these, Mr. Nav? I think challenges-wise, there's 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 been a few, but I'm proud to say we've been able to manage a lot of them because one of the things, and every leader knows this. Uh, a crisis management plan, as Sayan mentioned, uh, is necessary. Uh, and it's always a case of, granted a school would plan for crisis, maybe not necessarily a global pandemic uh, on this scale. However, we do plan for that. So we, we account for these things. Um, in terms of crisis, if I was to really think about what we've had, I, I guess it came down to ensuring our parents and our students had internet connectivity um, devices uh, and they were all able to access those so we had to send out a, a lot of service to our staff members too so perhaps some teachers or staff members may not have had or may have had an internet but it was intermittent perhaps not as fast there's lag and there's a lot that happens um, online and you require bandwidth so that was one of the initial challenges to ensure that everyone was able to have the right internet connectivity correct devices that enable them to be able to teach uh, and ensure learning is as effective as possible and our students our young people were able to access um, with devices and support them with that so it enables them to be able to learn and we were able to quickly adapt to that uh, being part of a larger network i mean it makes it a little bit easier for us but speaking to colleagues from perhaps single owner schools or let's just say schools in a different tier in which this is far more of a challenge uh, for example, one device for five students, five children becomes a bit more of a challenge. A second challenge, if I may uh, touch on, uh, was the idea of our parents not being able to support the younger children as much as possible because they require a, a level of um, supervision, if you will, initially. So that was a challenge in a foundation stage and key stage one, I'd say. And uh, we, we handled that quite well by trying to be as independent as possible and promoting those independent skills. And it was, I mean, I'm actually proud to say our students uh, were able to be independent even uh, as young as five years old. Um, but the way we were able to overcome that challenge is by making it more flexible, by having a, a synchronous approach, uh, live teaching, et cetera, and an asynchronous approach, screen recordings, uh, and giving that option and choice to our parents so that those that were working during the day and who were not able to have that one-to-one -one time or who had more than one children could do it later in the day uh, and getting that message across so communication was a key to be able to do this uh, Catherine do you have any other points that you want to add to that yeah I mean we we had the same we had the asynchronous and the synchronous um, lessons as well especially now during Ramadan as well because um, a lot of students are coming online a lot later it it allows them to have that chance to catch up they aren't able to attend the live lessons, you know, our live lessons start at nine o'clock in the morning. If they're not able to attend it, then we have those. Um, one of our kind of um, big things at the beginning was making sure staff was, were equipped as well and that they understood how to use uh, the software. Um, a lot of our staff already use Teams anyway, so most of them kind of found it natural to carry on using Teams. However, obviously there's always gonna be some staff who um, aren't as confident so a lot of our um, more experienced teachers put together tutorials that we shared with staff as well which was really useful 
because um, there's so many tools on there, the praise button that you can use for students, the, the prollies as well to get feedback after the class. It's great for plenaries. So just making sure that teachers were aware of all of the um, available tools that was there for them to help them with their teaching as well. And also it was really important that we kind of made sure that staff had that cutoff time as well. At the beginning, you know, students, especially out here, I find the culture of students, they, they want to do well and they want to achieve. And so they will keep contacting you and they will keep trying to kind of um, make sure that they're on the right track and ask you questions. And sometimes that can be at two o'clock in the morning, which, you know, for, for a well-being um, position, you know, we, you have to have that cut off. So it was kind of trying to say to, to our staff, you know, you're doing a fantastic job, but take time for yourself as well. So make sure that, you know, you have a cut off time, whether that's 3.30, 4.30, 5.30, but after that point, turn off your notifications. You know, I know that you, you instinctively want to respond and help the students as much as you can. That's why we're in this role. But, you know, when you're, when you're now constantly kind of being consumed with, with the screen, you have to have that cut off. It's not like leaving a school building and you know that that's the end of the day. There is no building to leave here. So you have to mentally have that cut off. So that was a really important message that we had to give our staff. Great, that's very insightful. Thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Sian, do you wanna add anything to that? Again, both of them have made uh, very good points, but I think to add to it, again, I think the parents as well, it was you know something really new to the parents. All right, thank you. Thank you very much there, Mr. Sian. Um, so uh, next question, uh, how do students complete classwork and submit their assignments across all phases in your school, Catherine? Actually, because I'm also a parent myself, you know, it's, it's really useful. And um, the, the younger students, they can upload pictures, videos, they can, you know, write comments and the teachers are constantly feed, giving feedback. You know, my daughter gets feedback every single day for pretty much most like verbal feedback for pretty much most of her posts if not verbal then she will get a comment or some sort of response and um, so that's working really well in primary obviously in secondary we're using teams and teams assignment um, so we can see when when students have viewed the assignments we can see if they're working um, what I try to do is have you know um, live documents that they can be editing straight onto the assignment so I can go in I can check and make sure that they are accessing the work and then I can feed back straight away to them so I'm finding actually the amount of feedback that we're giving is probably more now than what we did in the classroom I mean you know when it comes to marking books you tend to have kind of a two-week marking policy so every two weeks you do a deep uh, marking of work whereas every piece of work at the moment is being back to the students and you know um, that's useful for them because you're not having that face-to-face -face constantly like you would in school so just being able to make a comment you know even if it's just a well done or if it's a really deep in detailed comment you know there's still that kind of interaction between yourself and the students and, and they really appreciate that as well so you know both of those platforms are were working really well we're also using um, microsoft forms as well which is a useful tool for um tasks you can get them to do you can get them to do surveys on there i do research tasks with them so i give them the question they have to go away fill in the answer and then submit the form and it shows me exactly which students have used it um so that's a really useful tool as well 
Uh, thank you so much there. Uh, Mr. Nad, do you want to add anything to that to uh, classwork and how assignments are submitted in your schools? Sure. Uh, again, this is something that it depends on the, the age of the, the, the child. So, for example, in my school, it's an all-through school uh, with nearly 3,000 students. So, um, secondary will do it differently using the same platforms, will primary, will early years. Uh, and what we found early on is it was important to try to get what I call the Goldilocks effect just right for our children. So primary children will submit assignments on Teams. Uh, again, as Catherine mentioned, feedback will be given. Secondary students, so older students, we are also using OneNote to be able to provide verbal feedback, model, because OneNote is absolutely fantastic. And if you haven't used it, it's really, really useful. In, uh, similar to Seesaw, but slightly more complicated. Seesaw is more user-friendly for the younger years. But what you can do in OneNote is the student is able, let's just take a math student who does a particular uh, maths problem uh, and gets the stages perhaps mixed up. Uh, what the teacher can then do is leave some verbal feedback. If the student uh, does not understand that, the teacher can actually embed a video into that to model to him or her how to do it uh, and actually write over uh, the, the problem as well. So really, really powerful. But as far as assignments are concerned, pretty simple using Microsoft Teams, submitted coursework uploads into there, um, can come with its own challenges such as the size of the file, which is why we have SharePoint on the back end to support with that. But we've used Teams or Microsoft because it's a hub and spoke model of everything can be in there. Uh, so it's a one place. And again, for parents and for students, it makes it easier rather than going to different platforms. Okay, great, thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Sian, would you like to share your uh, thoughts on this? Well, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of EdTech programs. I use quite a lot of them, so I might give you quite a few. But I will start with the one that's mentioned already, Seesaw. Uh, obviously, in the primary years, Seesaw is fantastic. As mentioned, you can get verbal feedback, you can get written feedback. But actually, on top of that, what's actually really nice is history of feedback. So it's, you can see the feedback between the teacher and the student and the progress that's made. And that's really, that's, that's really nice on Seesaw. Um, other great programs that you can use, we use Google Forms, for example, to do uh, formative assessments. Socrative is a fantastic program as well. It gives you instant feedback, feedback, which you can allow them to see it or not. And then you can uh, populate the data afterwards using Excel spreadsheets. Um, in our school, we use a program such as Mathetics and Scholastic. Again, I think in this particular period of time, education, pro education technology programs are the way to go because they automatically generate the data for you, uh, especially Seesaw. Seesaw has been a massive hit, again, and I stress on the history of feedback. It's okay to give feedback, but if you have a history, a dialogue between the student and the teacher, that I think is really important because it shows that maybe the, maybe the student understands or the teacher has to explain it again. Or, for example, the student understood it, but he wants to go one step further. Okay, I understood this. How do I do that now? How do I go to the next level? How do I go to the next stage? The teacher is fantastic. Give him some more feedback. Um, one thing I want to mention as well, when it comes to assignments, I think before you even look at assignments, you have to look at, does the, do the students understand the assignment itself? And I think modeling is really important. Um, for example, myself, I used to make one-minute or two-minute videos of myself explaining a particular math problem, or a particular concept in English, or unit of inquiry, because we're an IB school. Um, so unit of inquiry, if we're looking at the human body, or if we're looking at exhibition, I would model it, and then I'll put the video on Seesaw, and then the students can watch the video on Seesaw. So for example, I made a video on how to uh, reference, how to use references. 
put their video on CISO, they watch the video, and then you attach an example of how to do it and then allow the students to do the assignment. So I think that's really important, modeling and then giving the assignment. And the beauty about this, sorry, I'm going on a bit, but mm -hmm. I'm, I love it. <laughs> the beauty of this as well is when you put things on CISO or any kind of platform, Microsoft, et cetera, it's there. Sometimes in the classroom when you're talking, the student can forget. And the next day, teacher, what did you say? And you're like, oh man, what did I say again? But when you put it on Seesaw or on a program, it's fantastic. He can go back to a thousand times. And that's where a flipped classroom concept, concept comes in. So flipped yeah. classroom concept right now is fantastic for this particular situation. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just going to, I totally agree. Um, I, I've done the same as well. As an English teacher, I've written out essays for my students. At media studies as well I've, I've written out essays and i've recorded myself so they can see the step-by-step -step process and like you said it's there once you've made that video it's there for good they can keep recapping and i am a huge fan of flipped learning and i think that's definitely the step forward i've been doing a lot of research on flipped learning at the moment so i, I do think that that's that's where education should be going that, that's really insightful. Thank you so much to both of you. Um, I just add one point here, Mohsin, yeah. if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, because I, I feel as though, and this is something I'm researching heavily uh, in, in terms of what the future looks like when it comes to, um, if this was to continue in September and what blended learning would look like. And there's, there's a lot of hard work that's going into the particular scenario-based planning. But one thing I've, I've come across is, uh, and I'm not speaking for any colleagues here, myself included, but schools generally is, if you were to look up uh, Puente Dura's stages of technology, um, a lot of what we do as educators, we are actually just doing the stage of what's called substitution. We've taken a, we've gone from the classroom to a platform, whatever that platform may be. We've, we're doing particular types of pedagogical techniques that are more appropriate for online-based learning. Uh, and that's where we're at. As a school, what, um, I'm trying to do with my, my colleagues is to say, okay, what's the next step? So for example, you go from substitution to augmentation, and that will be really powerful. Um, looking at the background behind Cyan, I'm, I'm assuming he's some kind of, uh, probably a science teacher or, or there or thereabouts. Um, so as an example, if you were to bring augmented reality into it, now devices most of our students will have are of, of a good quality. Um, and there's, for example, application that you can get where you can go into the human body. Uh, and into an experiential learning augmented reality in which they can actually look at the heart, dissect the heart, look at the, the septum, the ventricles, the atriums, the aorta. I hope I'm getting this right, Mr. Sayan. Uh, and you can do all of these things uh, and see how much of an impact it has. And you can go to the level, and medical students do do this, is okay, you, it, it replicates your own body. So if you are jogging, the heart pace will pick up in this augmented world. Or it might be a primary and they're doing something about under the sea. And they're looking at different animals and the features of the animals in science and seeing what you know uh where are the gills or what are the scaly or whatever it might be uh and they can go into an augmented reality world to do that and that blended approach of bringing ar technology it would be the next natural step for many schools and of course there are many others and i won't go into those um, but i think schools are learning this as well and a lot of these uh, are readily available. It's just a case of there's so much out there that you've got to do what's best for your children and your school and the technical ability of your colleagues and your staff members and build that out because there's no point in me wishing this and colleagues not being able to do this. So you have to pilot it and build it out. If this, whether this be uh, for distance learning or certainly for the future to be able to bring that new dimension into the classroom. Great, thank you so much. So that leads me to the final, uh, one of the final questions, actually. Uh, do you think distance learning is the future of education, Catherine? 
Um, I think a blended approach is definitely the step forward. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm researching at the moment to interflip learning and, and the idea of having, rather than homework, having pre-work, having those kind of um, videos that they can watch at home, having those pre-recorded lessons so that when they come into class, that's when the learning starts taking place. That's when engagement starts taking place. You're not wasting time delivering information which they can get you know, on the internet. You know, we're no longer, I'm afraid to say, the smartest people in the room anymore. They have all of this technology at their hands. So, you know, if you take out that kind of teacher talk at the beginning of lessons and you use that time effectively, so that's where they're engaging, that's where they're collaborating, that's where they're really pulling together their ideas, all of the extra learning is done at home, ready for when they come in. So they come in prepared. I think that's definitely the step forward where you're bringing in that distance learning into the classroom and then you're taking you know you're 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 taking it away and letting the students you know use design thinking and apply what they've learned from those pre-recorded lessons or from those reading materials or whatever it is that you've set them they can come to class with that pre-knowledge you know and then create something out of it i think that's the step forward yeah, great. Thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Nav, sorry, final question from you, uh, to you. Uh, what tips and strategies can you share with our viewers in regards to distance learning? Tips and strategies. First of all, if I can uh, piggyback off um, the, uh, the previous question. And yeah, I, of course. I, that I, I certainly hope not. I certainly hope that uh, we're not distance learning for a lot longer in its current uh, form because Every single teacher that I've ever spoken to when I've, when I've asked them, what do you miss the most? They say, my children, the engagement inside the classroom and anyone being a teacher myself, I, I do that. Being in the morning and seeing the smiling faces and uh, greeting our children, is a, it's a great feeling for them and us. We are um, you know, social interactors, if you will, as human beings. We have to be human first. Uh, and that element is absolutely necessary. There's only a certain amount. We're doing the best with the technology we have. And I value technology so much because it's given us that fluidity to be able to do this. And I acknowledge that. Um, and I guess that will be my advice to know the limits uh, in terms of this particular form that we're taking as a leader, as teachers to recognize that this is as far as distance learning will go in its current form and plan for the future. So plan for September, plan for beyond that point. What would it look like? And and make the decisions in the best interest of your school and your community and your children, not necessarily what everyone else is doing, because that could quite easily uh, be something that we are influenced by. Uh, and that's genuinely my advice that look at your school, look at your community, everyone's is different, and see what's best for you. Look around to see what others are doing, but apply what is the best situation for your particular school, but do forward plan. Uh, don't just sit on your laurels and think, okay, I'll adapt according to the time when the regulator tells me or when there's further announcements of these things. Um, as leaders, we've got to see further than that and you've got to plan for every possible scenario from September, whether that be a blended learning approach and there are around nine or 10 different blended learning approaches um, or whether it be normality. And if it is, let's just say we go back to school as it was, I promise you school will not be the same as it is because technology will play far more of a role uh, in this, uh, because it certainly serves as a, a need for us as opposed to a want. Um, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, thank you to our lovely guests for joining me. It has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and then until next time, goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.